if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. Are we? That's the question. Are we really still Americans? Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us as we get started at eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock on this Thursday, the 30th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2020. Coming up on the program, Representative, State Representative Nino Vitale, who is one of the state legislators working on that side of the government to try and force the executive side, which is Governor Mike Nospine, um, to reopen the state of Ohio, to allow businesses to actually be run by adults, to establish policies and safety procedures on their own as adults, actually asking American people, the American people, the Ohio people, I should say, to act like adults and decide for themselves what they want to do and where they want to go. Uh, Nina Vitale will be joining us to discuss that coming up in a half an hour at 9.35 at 10 35, or excuse me, 1010, beg your pardon, 1010 this morning, top of the next hour, Dr. Everett Piper on a host of issues related to the ongoing siege of the American, uh, Americans' liberty. And it is. It is being, it is under seizure. Is under siege. I guess I could use both of those words almost interchangeably. And we are willingly giving up that liberty. And that's going to be the biggest issue that we are dealing with today. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, actually a couple of things. Number one, Mike Nospine, the governor of the state of Ohio, <clears throat> is simply just, I mean, I, I feel as though this man is coming apart at the seams. I mean, honestly, three different policies on wearing the fear masks in three straight days. Think about that. On Monday, it was, we are mandating masks for everybody uh, uh, in, in public, uh, particularly if you are going into businesses. Anybody who is working, uh, any employer and employee, all people working at businesses that are allowed to remain open must be masked, and any customers or clients who come in must be wearing fear masks. This was Monday. No exceptions. Until I, and I'm not trying to take credit here, I mean, I mean, just people like me, a whole lot of us, made a whole lot of noise saying, hello, does anybody here in the DeWine administration in the state of Ohio, the liberal Democrat masquerading as a Republican that is Mike DeWine, does anybody here remember the Constitution? Does anybody here realize that he doesn't have the authority to force us to wear things that we don't want to wear, and we were loud? We were obnoxious about it, 
And he said, okay, on Tuesday, we heard you, we heard you, we know that this was a bit much. We know that this might have been a bridge too far. So we're changing the mandate to a strong recommendation that people wear them in businesses as workers or as customers or clients. But then the fear monger, or excuse me, the, uh, the fearful, the sheep that are be- literally being scared to death, scared to death by the government, believing that if you breathe in open air, you are going to inhale death and you're going to be dead in six weeks. The fearful came back at the government and said, oh, oh, my God, why did you pull that mandate? Don't you realize we're scared? You have made us so, and it worked. Why, what did you, why did you do that? Please, Mr. Governor, put the mandate back on. Make everybody walk around like scared freaking zombies. So the governor said, oh, okay, okay, yesterday we heard you too. So here's what we'll do. We'll go from no exceptions, everybody has to wear them, to okay, nobody has to wear them, but it's a strong recommendation, to we'll split the difference. If you work in the store or in the business that's open, you must wear a fear mask. If you are a customer or a client, it's up to you. It's optional. Strongly recommended, but optional. I think he's coming apart at the seams. I also think the good news is that Mike Nospine is obviously um, concerned about his popularity. He is worried about what people think about him. He is cognizant of the fact that there are millions of us in this state who are done with him. And he's also cognizant of the fact that when he bows to us, he's ticking off those that he has sufficiently scared the bejesus out of, and so he's worried about them liking him. So he's trying to walk the line. And that's why he split the difference. So that's the good news, is he is aware that his political future is an issue, and his popularity isn't going to continue to rise unabated as as Ohioans continue to suffer. And so he is able to be moved in a manner of speaking. He moved his position three times on fear masks in three days. Now to the bad news nationally. Since it's Thursday, the new unemployment claims are in. 3.8 million more unemployed Americans filed this past week. That's now over 30 million in six weeks that's roughly nine percent of the population nine percent of the population but that's all of the population 330 million people here and that includes men women and children including yes children who are not in the workforce it's 30 million people out of the working americans or the work um uh, population those who are eligible to work And it's only getting worse. I do not have Ohio's number yet, but we know we were at about a million last week. And now that we will see the breakdown of Ohio's, we're going to be over that, obviously. And what are they doing about it? They are not opening for business. They are slow walking and changing their minds every day on what they're going to do as they continue to spread fear and panic. And their justification for doing so? Simply does not exist. There is no justification for this. Not in Ohio, and not in probably around 40 
seven other states. I'm giving a little bit of leeway to New York because of the uh, epicenter and the fact that they have mismanaged that so badly. I'm giving a little bit of leeway uh, to them and maybe a little bit of leeway to California. And that's about it. There is no justification. As an example, I'm going to ask you to look at the state of Maine. Not because I did it, but because I watched it last night. And I immediately took to Facebook and Twitter. And I told everybody, if you missed Tucker Carlson's opening segment tonight, find it. Watch it on replay at midnight. Find it online. Do something to understand what is being done to this country. And because I told everybody to listen to it or watch it that could last night, I feel it's incumbent upon me to share it with you this morning. So we're going to take our time out here, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to let you hear that opening segment of extraordinary information coming from the state of Maine, just as an example of what is being done to people who once had liberty in what was once a free country, in what was once a thriving republic, in what was once a nation of the people, by the people, and for the people, and that is now oppressing and locking up the people for no, no justifiable reason. That's next on AM 1420, The Answer. Can't be stolen. I want to speak to the small business owner. This is certainly an uncertain time, and you've probably spent a lot of moments thinking and worrying about the future. I get it, but I'm here to encourage you and remind you that you are capable. This is Len for AUI, and AUI wants you to know, hey, you've got this. That grit and determination that made you leap into business for yourself is going to carry you through all of this. Small businesses, it's time to start talking to each other because the sum of your determination, your ingenuity, and your hard work is far greater than the sum of our work worry and our fears. Here's something you'll love. Join AUI Small Business Encouragement on Facebook at AUI Info. We pivot, we lead, we keep on going. You've got this and AUI is here to hold your hand and cheer you on. It's never been more true. We are all in this together and we're looking forward to watching us all rise together. AUI, your local... 920... The Bob France Authority continuing on AM 1420, The Answer. I want to uh, share one thing with you before I give you the Tucker Carlson opening segment from last night that I mentioned. I, I put on Facebook this morning in response to the governor's ridiculous back and forth and back again on uh, the fear masks, the public fear masks, and that's what they will forever be known as. I put on Facebook, if you ever see me wearing a face mask, a fear mask rather, please assume a hostage situation and call 911. Because that's the only way I will wear one. And somebody asked me on Facebook, and I was in the process during this last commercial break of responding to it. Somebody said, uh, I don't understand the hostility toward face masks. And let me see if I can explain this in a short short um, segment here, or section. Because I'm going to get to Tucker. I don't want to take the whole segment up with this. The masks scare the living bejesus out of people. Okay? I know many of them. They are terrified to go out into public. Because when you see people walking around like masked zombies, you think, or at least irrational people do, with irrational fear and and subconsciousness, they subconsciously fear, oh my God, the air is toxic, the air is poison, if I breathe in the outside air, I'm going to inhale death. 
that fear is real, okay? The hospitals are empty. The threat was overstated. The mortality rate of this thing is 0.1 to 0.2. The effects of this thing are the flu. And since they can't scare people with photos and videos of people crowding into emergency rooms anymore, and they can't scare people with, oh, we need to bring in a ship so we have more hospital beds, that that uh, uh, USS Comfort or whatever it was, the Navy ship that went to New York to help, that could that it was a thousand bed hospital ship, it saw twenty people, and that's in the epicenter, twenty before it left. They can't scare people with this belief that this this deadly virus is is going to get everybody. So they have to find a new way, and the best way to do that is make everybody wear the fear masks. Keep people scared to death so that they can't and won't demand their freedom back. Prey on the ignorant. And that's what it is. It's it, you're ignorant. People are the ignorant is not the same thing as dumb, for those who don't know. Being ignorant of something means you're just not aware. Being dumb means you just don't have the capacity to understand it. Being unaware of the reality of this. So let me help you understand the reality of this. By way of Tucker Carlson last night, I told everybody online, if you didn't see it, you should see it. And uh, in keeping with that, I'm going to play it for you now. It's a little lengthy. It's around four minutes. It's worth four minutes of my radio show to share what's going on as an example of government control in the state of Maine. Please listen. Day by day, evidence accumulates that mass quarantines are not achieving what politicians claimed they would achieve, not even close. Huge numbers of people have been infected anyway. Far fewer of them are dying than we expected. Our political leaders, meanwhile, pretend as if none of this is happening. Just yesterday, Maine Governor Janet Mills extended her state's lockdown into the indefinite future. She commanded citizens to remain in their homes except for essential activities and, quote, occasional grocery shopping. Mills prohibited bars and restaurants and summer camps and some state parks from opening. She made it illegal for hotels to book guests, even for future stays. She canceled every summer festival in the state. She told every church to keep its doors locked, ensuring that many of them will go defunct and disappear forever. And she told the people of Maine to change their personal lives, including in the most intimate ways. No shaking hands, the governor ordered with great emphasis. Thanks to Janet Mills' decisions, Maine will never be the same. But these restrictions are all necessary, she explained, thanks to the extreme and unusual peril that the state of Maine faces. I want to be clear. We are not out of the woods yet and likely will not be for some time. Not out of the woods yet. Those are bracing words. They sound like something that Winston Churchill might have said during the Blitz. So what exactly do these woods, Janet Mills, refer to look like? Well, at the very moment she spoke, a grand total of 33 people were being treated in Maine hospitals for the coronavirus. 33 people out of a population of more than 1.3 million people. Over the full course of this entire epidemic, just 51 people in the state of Maine have died from the coronavirus. Meanwhile, and there's always a flip side, directly because of the lockdowns that Mills ordered, more than 10% of Maine's population is now unemployed. All over the state, businesses are failing. A forecast produced by Oxford Economics predicts that Maine will be hit harder and longer by these lockdowns than any other state in the country. So is this a proportionate response to the threat? No, it's not. It's vandalism. Mills' speechwriter worked hard to make her reckless policy sound poetic. 
people who now are staying apart so that someday we can all be together again. Someday we can be together again. Well, thanks, Governor. We appreciate your kindness in allowing that. So how long will that be until we can be together again? Well, Mills, who is clearly deeply enjoying her newfound power, didn't specify how long. There's, quote, no timeline for that. Things will not be normal soon, she warned. We are inventing a new normal, end quote. Now, you may be wondering, where exactly does Janet Mills derive the power to invent a, quote, new normal for 1.3 million people, to remake human society in whatever form she chooses? Mills did not explain that either. Instead, the governor read a selection from a 31-year-old novelist called Veronica Roth. Roth wrote that, quote, gritting your teeth through pain is part of the, quote, slow walk toward a better life. Deep thoughts from Janet Mills. A slow walk toward a better life. That's what Mills is promising. But wait a second. Wasn't this all supposed to be about a public health emergency, the latest epidemiology, science? Yeah, that was last month. It's now about, quote, a better life. People in power abuse their power. That may be the lesson here. The arrival of a terrifying new virus from China gave our leaders more power than anyone has had in the history of this country. Six weeks ago, America was something resembling an imperfect democracy. We had an election on the horizon that we were sort of paying attention to. Back then, Andrew Cuomo was considered a thuggish, possibly corrupt regional leader. But suddenly everything has changed. Now, this is an oligarchy managed by bureaucrats and tech moguls, none of whom are accountable to voters. Our leaders are making decisions that will affect your family forever with virtually no oversight or accountability. And, of course, they love it. We shouldn't be surprised they don't want it to end. Jeff Bezos, for, All right, I'm gonna stop for example, has made no, billions no, no. of dollars. No, no, it's okay. I'm going to stop it there. 33 people. 33 people had been diagnosed at the time of Janet Mills' announcement of the indefinite lockdown of the people of Maine. Indefinite. No expiration date. Not out of the woods, won't be for a long time. 33 people. 33 active cases of COVID in the state of Maine. Since the entire thing began, only 51 people out of a population of 1.2 people had died from the COVID virus in the state of Maine. But, as you just heard Tucker reporting, the economic damage, the poverty created by her irrational, disproportionate response to this is going to kill many, many more. Power corrupts. Tucker said perhaps that's the lesson here. No, most definitely that's the lesson here. People who have power like having power, and people who like having power, their only desire is for more of it, and they don't like giving it back. And that's what we're seeing. Mike DeWine, here in the state of Ohio, has that power, and it has absolutely corrupted him. Yesterday, he tweeted to his uh, uh, his partner in what I believe to be crime against the uh, people of the state of Ohio, businesses and workers and children and, and the infirm and everyone in the state of Ohio, he tweeted at Amy Acton, put on your mask and put on your cape, put on your, I'm paraphrasing it, put on your superhero costume, let's save lives together. They are drunk on their own power. They 
think that they can scare the crap out of 11.9 million Ohioans, and they are, and then here's, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. Scare the people of Ohio and uh, people of Ohio into thinking that death is imminent, and then when they don't die, take credit for saving them. Think about what that means, what that is. And this is happening all over the country. The strange, you know, the oddity of it all is that in most of the states where this is going on, where drunk governors, governors gone wild, governors drunk on their own power, like Mills up in Maine, the majority of them are Democrats. Liberal Democrats, whose goal is larger government control of the people. Generally speaking, Republicans don't stand for that, yet here we sit in a red state. Here we sit with a red governor who thinks, and and again, maybe he just pulled the wool over all our eyes. If he can scare and fear-monger the people of Ohio into accepting these authoritarian shutdowns of businesses, kicking kids out of schools, there is no education going on in the state of Ohio right now. None. If you think your child is getting an education by way of laptop, you are delusional. But his power, he has scared people into thinking that this is necessary for survival. Mike DeWine has done that, and he's not giving that power back anytime soon. That's where the mask mandates come from. We can't scare people with the hospital numbers. We can't scare people with the cases. We can't scare people with the death figures. We can't provide any accurate data about the other things people are dying from in the state of Ohio. We've got to find something. We're losing them. Let's scare the bejesus out of all of them by making everybody wear masks. Don't breathe in the toxic air, people. Don't breathe it in. It could kill you. And people are irrationally agreeing with him. It's 9.30. We'll get news now. State Representative Nino Vitale will join us next. AM 1420, The Answer. All right, before I, um, before I bring on my guest, uh, Rep- State Representative Nino Vitale, I want to, this is just bizarre. Uh, Laura messaged me during the last break and saying, hey, Bob, the Tucker link is gone. I had saved it to watch it last night, now nada. And I said, no, it's cool. It's on my page. She said, the link goes through not- goes to- through to nothing but Muzak playing. Check it out. And I said, no, I just played it on the air, right? I didn't imagine that, right? It didn't just play in my head. I just played that Tucker Carlson opening segment from last night on the air. You heard it, right? I just want to be clear on this, right? So I'm not going crazy. So I just played it on the air, and I sent her the link. And then I clicked the link that I sent her which is the Tucker Carlson opening monologue. Actually, it's the full show. I just played the opening monologue segment from last night, and I clicked the link that I sent her. The link I just played for you on the air now gives us this. She was right. She was right. Literally, between the time I played the Tucker Carlson segment on this show and the time we went to the commercial break, the segment had been taken down and replaced with well, that, that strange music. She said, believe me, Google, I searched, Google searched it, and the video is now blocked. I mean, this is, this is getting insane. Those two doctors from California come out with information that questions the wisdom and the authority to lock all of these states across the country down based on the actual science involved here, and that YouTube bans them. They become persona non grata. 
Tucker Carlson comes on and and, and the, I wonder the interview from the doc with the doctor that he had on after that, who said also it's time to open up. This is not justified. It is a disproportionate response to a threat that is nowhere near as serious as we thought it was going to be. All of these things are being silenced now by the online tech lords. Our overlords in charge of our social media are deciding what we can and cannot see now. Does anybody ever even remember 1984? Not the year, the book. Seriously. We are all being programmed on what we can and cannot hear. The misinformation is fed and pumped into our homes and our radios, TVs, and our, and our devices 24-7. Anything contrary to that is silenced. This is insane. Um, let me bring on uh, Representative Nino Vitale now. I apologize for making you sit through my rant there, um, Representative Vitale. First of all, thank you for coming on. How are you? Citizen, you will obey your overlord. Yes, that's that's what the message is here. Um, At, so that doctor video, uh, I was sent that by another representative Friday last week. Mm-hmm. Said, hey, this is great. You got to watch it. All right, so I watch it, and I said nobody's going to watch an hour and seven minute video. But I said this baby's going to get taken down. So I'm fair, fairly technically inclined. So I captured the video, put it on my hard drive, and then I decided, how do I get this message out? So I spent six hours doing edits on that video editor to a seven six minute 50 second video which is posted on my facebook page and has had last i looked about twenty three thousand views well that's a and, good thing to do is to edit it down because you're right it's hard for people to commit an hour to it but uh to point right. this out for people yes you can still find it vimeo is not engaging in the censorship game that facebook that uh that youtube which is owned by google that they are you can still find it on vimeo for those unfamiliar v-i-m-e-o you can find those doctors right. uh and and obviously abbreviated versions like the one you created but what does that tell you represent what, what, what are we up against here well that, yeah and you can find that seven minute video on on my facebook page at Rep- Fatale, but that was a video that I created. I also uploaded it. I went direct to Facebook and then direct to YouTube. And at 2 o'clock yesterday, my own homemade video of 6 and minutes and 50 seconds, uh, was. I got an email out of the blue that said, you, this video has been taken down against our rules. Now, that was my video, and it was simply clipped. Uh, so the, the, you know, the question becomes, and they don't have to tell you what rule you violated, right? Just against our no, rules. That's no, it. No, there was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing in the, in the email about what I violated or anything else. And what's interesting is that that was a, you know, a clip that I had created myself and uploaded. So w- what is the problem with free speech? I mean, you know, but this is what we're into. This is a private company who is well, determining, determining what will or will not be. And, you know, you brought up 1984. I'll take you back four years before that because I used to work for Apple Computer years ago. They did it, probably the best ad ever uh, known as the, the, the launch of the Mac, the 1980 ad. Where, do you remember that? Where I they're do. all standing there in front of the TV, the big screen. They're all in gray outfits, all wearing the same stuff with their mouths open, listening to the propaganda. And the one woman runs in with a sledgehammer, and she's in color. Everything else is in gray. And she throws the sledgehammer at the screen. And, you know, one of the hashtags I've been putting on my post lately is kill your TV. I, I mean, this is the, the population of this country has bought into propaganda. Does that mean that COVID-19 is not real? Absolutely not. Does it mean the reaction to it is 
is not disproportionate, disproportionate, and yeah, yeah, and far, far over the top, and obviously doing more damage than the virus itself. That is not to say the virus doesn't do damage. There are people who have been hospitalized, although a very, very, very small percentage of the larger population that has either gotten the disease or not gotten it, or or gotten it, eighty percent who've gotten it don't even know. Yeah, eighty percent don't even know they had it. They got it, it went away, and they don't even know. So, so it is a threat, but a much, much smaller threat than the, well, we just got the numbers again today. Nationally, 3.8, or excuse, was it 3.8 million more? Yeah, 3.8 million more people filing for unemployment, putting us up over the 30 million mark nationally. In Ohio, it's well right. over the 1 million mark, uh, and which is a far, far, far more dangerous thing than the virus because people don't recognize. And let's get into your let's get into your um, work here, uh, Representative Vitali. They don't they don't recognize that the cure can be worse. Poverty can kill people, and it does kill people, and in fact, far more people than this virus will. So, you put together now. This is not a bill because I, I kept talking about it earlier this week. I said you got to get we have to get Representative Vitali on. This is not a bill. This is basically a just a draft document, a suggestion, a recommendation uh, that has been co-signed by a how many people? By the way, now how many co-signers did you get for this? I think we're 34. 34. 30, 34 people. Out of 99. Out of 99. Tell, uh, to tell uh, Governor DeWine to, quote, open Ohio responsibly. It's called Open Ohio Responsibly Framework, subheaded, a data-driven applied science approach for opening Ohio for all Americans. And I read it, and I liked it. I, I might have been a little more aggressive than you guys were, but I understand the need to be cautionary and to make sure that you're towing that line. But, but Representative Vitale, this isn't a bill. It's only a guideline, a suggestion. So um, what, are you, what are you hoping to accomplish, you and your 34 co-signers, uh, hoping to accomplish with it? Well, we're, just, we're, we're kind of trying to send a written message to the governor that we have coalesced, some of us, not everybody clearly, uh, that some of us have coalesced. I mean, it's very hard to come up with any agreed-upon plan. And, uh, I mean, there are things in that document that I don't particularly care for, but when you're working in a group of people, you uh, compromise certain things for others. One of the things that was brought up by some people was, well, we have to, we should require masks. And to me, I said, on starter, I'm, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not going to require people to wear a mask. Um, that is, that is not appropriate to me on many, many levels. Um, not to mention the fact that there, I actually had just done a review of 12 different medical journals from 2004 to 2016, and uh, I, I posted the summary documents and executive bullets. I basically boiled uh, hundreds of pages down to 12 bullet points for people to read that say that masks don't work according to the statistical data from 2004 to 2016, and they actually may increase your chances of getting sick. Because you're constantly fiddling with the mask, you're touching it. Um, it That's you're what not the Surgeon General out. said. Surgeon General said right. the same you're, thing as recently as three weeks ago. Right, and and you know I got I, I we we have a factory, we have family business with 470 people, so this is uh, not really my uh, my full time gig. Um, I, I, but uh, you know we we had a guy in New Jersey who was wearing a mask in a car, don't know why, by himself, and he ran into a telephone pole, and the police listed the accident causation as oxygen deprivation. Now, if, if I've got a, a, a plant where we do a lot of steel, aluminum, welding, big machines, I got a guy working at a machine, he's wearing a mask, he falls over, hits his head and dies. Or I've got a guy running a forklift and he starts getting oxygen deprivation and runs into somebody and dumps two pallets on someone and kills them. I mean, these are, that's why decentralization is the best way to go. And that's what I would say about that plan is, 
we've been open this whole time. We're considered a quote essential business, which I hate those terms. Yeah. Um, I don't think government should be making those decisions because if I, if I run a restaurant and I'm feeding my, my wife and my two, three kids with that restaurant, that is really darn essential to me that that, that restaurant stay open. And, you know, if I'm a waiter or waitress at that place, it is essential to me that I get my paycheck because freedom really comes from a paycheck, not waiting for a government, you know, government COVID cash. Uh, Representative Nito Vitali is our guest. Mr. I want to go back to the masks in a minute, but I want to go to some of the bullets uh, of your framework. Okay, actually the last, uh, the okay, last six sure. of them, just real quick. I'm going to read them in short order. Uh, to the audience, we believe uh, all Ohio, uh, all businesses in Ohio are essential. I'm sorry, I should have started with five. We believe an overwhelming number of Ohioans are responsible citizens and care for each other. Seven, we respect individuals, business owners, and employees' rights to choose how to protect themselves yeah. and their loved ones. Eight, many businesses have already modified their opening protocols to safely function in this current environment. Businesses and organizations recognize that if they do not make it safe for their employees and customers, they'll not, they will not come back. Nine, we respect the right for businesses to not open until they are prepared to do so safely. Ten, many people will choose to continue to shelter in place. We respect their choices and the right to make those decisions. Eleven, we believe they are there are and will continue to be major secondary effects from COVID-19 policy decisions. And twelve, we believe it is time to trust Ohioans. They have respectfully followed the guidelines, and now is the time to responsibly open all businesses. So what you're saying, Representative Vitale, you and 34 co-signers, is that we actually trust adults to act like adults. We actually trust people to protect themselves as they see fit. And if that means they want to stay under their own personal choice of lockdown or quarantine or shelter in place, they can. But we also want to allow other people to responsibly, as they see fit, go out there and conduct their businesses and get on with their lives. It sounds like a pretty reasonable approach to me. My question is, is has the governor even seen this? Has John Husted seen this? Has anybody in the advanced staff there working with uh, Dr. Labcoat, have any of them seen this and, t- and, and thought maybe, you know, yeah, we don't have to uh, be the overlords. We don't have to be the big daddy government of all people treating them like children. Oh, I'm sure they've seen it. They're listening to our 2020 task force where we have business people coming in all the time talking about how bad things are. But uh, clearly... What you saw yesterday, if, if people were watching that conference, was not a double down, not even a triple down. It, 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 was, it was madness of you will listen. You will become China. I mean, Dr. Atkin basically said wearing masks and doing what these people do is what they do in other countries, and we just need to learn to be like them. Well, you know what? This wow. isn't China. And I'm not going to be. That's what she said. We need to learn to be like them. And I thought, you know what? No, this is a country that's founded on liberty and freedom, and that's the direct end of any government official. It should be. The direct end of, a go- of the government is not my safety. It's not your safety. I expect you to be in charge of that, not me. I don't know your situation. I don't know your family life. I don't know what you do every day. That's why that's between you and whoever you choose to use as your medical professional. If we start deciding that government's role is to protect us from any and everything that can come up, well, I could claim climate change. You need protection from climate change. You need protection from firearms. Hell no, is what I say to that. 
I completely concur. So now my question is, is when do we move from written statement expressing our views on the trustworthiness of Ohioans to take care of themselves and open their businesses responsibly to, we've got to force his hand. You and your colleagues in the Assembly, General Assembly, have as much power as Mike DeWine does. You're one-third of the three branches of co-equal government, uh, and legislatively you ought to be able to do something to, to demand and to force the reopening of business under responsible guidelines. Um, when do we turn what you wrote here into a bill or something like that, get it into a committee and get the ball rolling? Well, you uh, in Ohio, we're set up just like federal government. We have a House, a Senate, and a governor. Mm-hmm. In order to get a bill passed, you need 50 members of the House. You need a 17 or 18 in the Senate. Uh, it's one of those two numbers. And you have to have a signature of the governor, just like the signature of the president. Uh, we but what's, and we know he we know he can veto. But two things I would say in response to that, Representative Vitali. Number one, you'll force him. You'll force him to defy the will of the legislature, which is representative of the people of the state of Ohio. You'll force well, him to go on, on record, on. which is no, going to impact, which is going to impact his reelection chances. You know he's thinking about that. And then number two, um, so what? Let him veto it. And and I have to believe that if the people are loud enough in the in the ears of their reps like you, um, that, that we can get enough for an override. Well, Matt, you're, you're, you, you, hold on. I got to back you up. Go ahead. I can't get out of the gate. I got 33, 34 members who, who, who have agreed to those principles. I'm not even close. I'm not even close to 50. And I won't get there. We will not get there. Why do you I think that? Why, why do you, why do you think that is? What, what is the reticence of that, those that you have asked to sign on here and then when they've said no? What has been their, uh, their disagreement? Well, this is one of the, one of the things is this is a byproduct term limit. When you have people that are term limited, they want some big appointment from the governor that's going to pay them, and they, they don't have to go back to the voter anymore and, and ask for their vote and knock doors and, and raise money. So, so in other words, the Columbus I, Swamp. The Columbus I, version of the swamp in D.C. Oh, there's a massive swamp. There's a massive swamp in every government. And, mm. and so if I'm waiting for that gubernatorial appointment... Uh, then well, I don't I don't want to do anything that upsets the governor. I mean, I can't do so. I, I just I can't be on that bill. I'm sorry, I can't do it. Uh, you know what? I really agree with those tenants, but you know, I, I just I can't I can't come I can't come public with that. I just I can't do it because the governor will get upset with me, and you know, and the next governor's kind of already been picked de facto, so I don't want to upset him. And I mean, it just goes on and on, and and that's the problem here is is. People really need to, they, they, they're looking to the General Assembly in Ohio to do something, and I'm going to tell you, the only way something's going to get done is if, is if there's more, I hate to say it this way, the people need to, to rise up, and I'm not talking about violence, but they, they, need to, uh, they need to say enough is enough. My yeah. civil liberties have been trampled on, and I'm done, and I'm going to protest at the Statehouse peaceably. Um, because it's not going to happen. It's not yeah. going to happen in Columbus. Well, uh, we do come back May fourth. Yeah, but, but well, I have heard I've, I've heard nothing about any plans to. And even if we did, zero senators were willing to put their name on that bill. Zero. Yeah, so they're just as cowardly as uh, as the rest. It is as as Amy acted and Mike no spine. It is simply well, you, you say that, but what what if they're what if they're scared? Um, there's there's a there's the reality that there's people who are truly scared of this virus. You know them. I know them. I try to talk to them all the time. I try to show them the staff. I show them that 
98. You can't ration with irrational people. You, yeah, you're right. You, you, cannot, yeah. you cannot make rational arguments to irrational people. That is true. Right. But I just have to believe that the rationality of the populace, of the 11.9 million people in this state, being loud enough is, should get to, the, uh, get to the ears of even the irrational. And like you said, if they are up for re-election, maybe they're much more amenable to listening to the people. But if they're term limited, they don't care. Uh, Representative Vitale, I hope we can call on you again to discuss this. We need allies in Columbus. You're, you're one of apparently a pressure view so i appreciate that hey my pleasure call anytime thank you we will do that all right 954 out and in again right after this All right, I've only got a minute and a half left in this half hour uh, until we have the top of the hour news, then Dr. Everett Piper. Let me squeeze a call in, maybe two. We'll see. Gail and Menner, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Gail, go ahead. Oh, thank you. Um, I just want to say that the small businesses need to get some backbone and band together and open up and thumb their nose at that spineless, no-good jerk in Columbus. I've had it with him. And no safe distances, no masks. Uh, if people are afraid, stay in your darn house and quiver and stay in your basements and stay in your bubble. Otherwise, let us get out and enjoy and get this, get our government back on track and get also, I, I think that people, the, these small businesses, if some their nose at him, they should stand up and they should revolt. Well, you know what, Gail? I'll tell you what. I, I, I could not agree with you more. All right. And first of all, thank you for your phone call. Now, listen to this before we get to the top of the hour news. Maybe it's starting. Maybe what you just described is starting. Frustrated with the state order prohibiting dine-in service at his Columbus restaurant, a small business owner says he is opening on Friday despite orders from Mike DeWine. Walt, uh, I'm sorry, Valter or Valter Villou. Owner of Valters at the Manor Chore, it's the name of a restaurant, it's obviously a, a cuisine I'm not familiar with anyway, says the, is that German? I, I don't know. Says the current stay-at-home order is taking a toll both emotionally and financially. I am losing myself, he said. I have 15 years doing this and it's hitting me real hard. He says while customers are still ordering via carryout, it just a, it makes up a small fraction of what the business used to make. He said he has reached the breaking point. I am a little more desperate here and a little more depressed and I'm very fed up. So despite the order, quote, I'm going to prepare, I'm going to have gloves on. Customers won't even have a menu. They can order on their phones on my website. He tells TV10 in Columbus he will incorporate social distancing by only opening five tables at a time. He said this is a last-ditch effort to save his livelihood, and he's well aware of the consequences. They can take my liquor license. They can take me to jail. I don't mind any of that, he said. I'm not a criminal where I'm trying to do all of those things. I just want to serve a plate of pasta. Oh, so it's an Italian. All right, sorry. I didn't recognize the, uh, uh, the, uh, the vocabulary there. Uh, anyway, I put this on Facebook this morning. And I'll say it again here about this man. Heroes come in all forms. Sometimes you don't recognize heroes. This man is a hero. And there needs to be more heroes. Small business owners all over Ohio need to say, try it. Arrest us. You're letting people out of jail who commit violent crimes for fear of coronavirus in the jail, yet you want to lock me up for opening my business and trying to make a living? I think we need to do it en masse. Let them try. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it.